0: How are y'all? Man, I love it. I love having our Espanol congregation. God bless you. Dios de bendiga. That's all I know. Love having our Nepali congregation. Pastor Paul, thank you for being here with your crew. Part of our story is that along the way at some point, I went I met with uh, Pastor Joaquin Herrera and his precious family I talked to him and uh, at that time Arturo we had a meeting about them trying to find a place to meet and before you think too highly of me I just said yeah we'll rent it to you and then the holy spirit told me no you won't and I called them back and said all right y'all can use the building you know free of charge kind of thing but that began a relationship that now has become GLC Espanol. that has been meeting at two o'clock in the afternoon. And as soon as this construction is complete, they will be meeting at 11 a.m. over there. And we're excited about that. It's gonna be awesome. The other part of the story is that we had a Nepali young man from California show up one day at church named Peter, and uh, just a blessing to us and to our church. And through his relationships, they had a Bible study in a home that Pastor Paul was coordinating. And uh, when he was out of town, I went and convinced them to become a part of Greater Life. No, I'm just kidding. It didn't go that way. (laughs) I went and shared my heart with them. Pastor Paul came back and met with me in the office and decided that uh, this is something that god was doing in glc nepali became a reality also meeting at two o'clock in the afternoon and when the building's complete they'll move into there i'm so thrilled to have all these greater life church people and family members under one roof at one time it's a blessing another part of the story that you heard last week was pastor anthony calvert and uh, his wife sheila were called of the Lord to be a part of what God is doing at Greater Life, and we have just secured a location for them in front of East High School in a miraculous fashion, and uh, so praise God for that. And they will be launching in the next few weeks or maybe a couple of months, we're not sure, it depends on how long it takes us to get ready to go, but GLC Mora or GLC Charlotte, whatever we decide to call it, is going to be out there doing some great things the Lord we've got a unique story part of our story is healing our church has a deep history in the miraculous and in the signs and wonders but oh how far the church as a whole has wandered away from the true power of God If you go out there and look at the pictures along the wall, you'll see the rafters of those old buildings in black and white. You'll look at the canes and the crutches that were hanging in the ceilings that were the results of people coming to the services, receiving a healing touch, and leaving behind those crutches and canes. We have stories of healing in the body Over the past few years, one lady named Sandy Stevens, who many of you already know and love, some of you don't like her, but that's okay. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) If you know Sandy, you love her. Uh, She came by yesterday to remind me of her story and it's a miraculous story. As she went to pick up her son one afternoon in February, Called them or texted them, said, I'm out front, and she pulled into the driveway, and it was just a few moments later that he came out, and by the time he got there, she was in the midst of having a terrible stroke where she began to lose the capacity to function. And he found her. She had something she said to me that's gonna stick with me for a long time, so I'm gonna give it to you too. God's love is in the details because one of the details is Mint Hill at that time, which is where she was, did, didn't have paramedics in the area. Matter of fact, the paramedics had to come from Charlotte, many locations, and just so happened that there was a paramedic on Willgrove Mint Hill Road, which is right where she was when the call came in for 911. They pulled in and were able to rush her to the hospital. Hospital one couldn't do enough for her, so they took her to hospital two. And by the time she got to the hospital, the doctors began to work, and it didn't look good. At the beginning, it was pretty severe, but now she's right here. Would you stand, Sandy? May? Thank you. Completely made whole. No evidence of any damage from that stroke. And even two knee replacements later, she's doing great. Thank God for that. Another precious friend of mine that was with Kelly and I in the beginning, Denise Sherhall, when we planted a church, and she was one of those weird folks that was willing to go to church in a school. Had been faithful for so many years with us, and the call came in. We found something. And as they began to discover that it wasn't just something, it was was cancer, and it was significant. many months of treatment that almost was as painful as the cancer itself. I believe it was two weeks ago that Tim called me and said we just did one final scan and they found no cancer at all. As I'm standing here and looking around and I see Amanda Abuel set free from the woes of cancer here in the building. The stories abound but this preacher finds himself longing for more because as I thumb through the scriptures in the book of Acts I find a pattern not of one person on occasion not of every now and again there's a testimony but of miracles and signs and wonders that made way for the gospel. We can't miss that. See, God doesn't waste his power just to show off. It's not about that. It's about signs and wonders that make way for the eternal message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This preacher finds himself in a place where the healing crusades that pop up in the fields and tents in our communities where people run to these places to receive a healing touch from some evangelist somewhere. There's nothing wrong with that, but can I just tell you something, church? You have that power. If you're walking with the Lord Jesus and have received the anointing by the Holy Spirit, you can pray that prayer of faith and see signs and wonders. Stories of healing. We've got to get past the place where we call the preacher or the evangelist or we go to this person or that person. Can I tell you, one of the things we've discovered is that no matter how far the impact or how great the ministry, people are people and people make mistakes, amen? And so we need to be reminded today that the stories of of healing are for God's glory alone, no person. Our church has had history of healing, but I want more, and I don't believe God looks at that and is upset I believe he wants us to desire the power of God in our lives. Because when we live a Christian life, apart from the power, we're still in bondage to the power of sin. You see, power must come by power. And there is no power greater than his. And we find ourselves so many times living all wrapped up in habit and sin and issues. In bondage yet we've made a decision to follow Jesus and what are we missing you see a gospel without the power is not the gospel that's in this book it's not the God of the Bible works signs and wonders all through the Old Testament he used it as a marker on his people When the children of Israel would show up to an area, the nations would tremble because they had heard about what God had done for them. So in the spirit realm, can we be those people that when we show up, the very demons of hell begin to tremble because they know that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in that one and that one and that one. Can we put the devil on notice and be fed up with him winning? We believe that healing is still for the church today. There's three ways that comes about. My daughter, Grace, who many of you have had a chance to meet, she leads our young adult ministry. She's going to take this first point. Many say she's the preacher in the family. Grace, would you come? Welcome or come on.
1: Good morning, church family. I am so excited because I have the privilege to talk to you guys about healing through miracles. How many of us in here today believe that healing, miraculous healing, still happens today? Okay. How many of us have a little bit of doubt as well? A little bit more resistant to that one, okay? But just, you know, short, like a smaller hand raise, but we had a lot. I'll be the, f- <laughs> I'll be the first one to tell you that I have struggled with doubt for miracles and for healings and things like that. Um, but it's God who heals, it's not us. But I wanna talk to you about our part in it. The first thing I wanna talk to you about is we are to believe. We're to have faith that he can do it. In um, Hebrews 11, it says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. After that scripture, it goes into heroes of faith and all of these miracles that Moses and everyone um, in the Bible saw. The God of the Bible worked all these miracles, but first came someone's faith. First came someone believing. So we are to believe for them, and he's the one who does it. In 2020, I don't, some of you may know, some of you may not, but my whole family was diagnosed with COVID. My dad, um, he had it the worst out of all of us. He um, was sick for about 10 days before going into the hospital, 10 days into the hospital. Um, but I remember, I thought he was gonna get better. It was at the time where everybody was like, oh, it's just like the flu, it's like cold, which for most people it was, for him it wasn't. Um, he just got sicker and sicker and sicker. And I remember when he was home, I remember I wanted to take care of him. And I was like, hey, do you want to watch a movie? Like I was trying to help him because he was just kind of sitting there and he couldn't even pay attention to the movie. He couldn't breathe. And then I remember the day that my mom told me that he woke up and he was like just barely breathing. Like it, it looked really bad. She had to take him to the hospital. And I rode with them there, and I remember I was just laughing, and I was like, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Like, I was just being positive, you know? I was joking around with him, because um, I thought they were just gonna fix his lungs. He was gonna come back, it'd be all right. But I remember that night, we got a FaceTime from him saying that, he, he said, I'm gonna need a miracle to get out of here. Pray for a miracle. And I can't tell you how scary that was. But God, through this experience, God taught me that I need to believe, and he taught me to believe, and he gave me faith. He gave me that faith that I've never been able to have before experience before through this. So what we did is we prayed. My family prayed and prayed. Um, I also wanna say that we are to agree. That's the next point on your note sheet. We are to agree in prayer for miracles. In Matthew 18, 19, it says, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among with them. In Acts 1:14, it says, they all met together. They were constantly united in prayer. Along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several women and the brothers of Jesus, they met together and they prayed. They agreed with one another. The world shut down when my dad was in the hospital. So all we had to do was just sit at home and pray together. We agreed as a family. And honestly, all the time I meet new people who say, oh, I think I've, like, I recognize you. I think I follow you on social media or something. And I'm like, okay, like it's like kind of weird. But then they go on to say, like, I was praying for your dad when he was sick. It was like a viral thing, like every. And I know they were praying. I know they were, and everyone was agreeing. And because of the miracle, I know that they were. The last thing I want to, um, the last point is that we are to intercede. Interceding is being persistent and consistent in prayer, continuously asking God, not just once and then throwing it away or just not just once and then going and worrying and cowering in a corner but it's praying and praying and asking and asking if you need a miracle if you need something if you're believing god for something continuously persistently pray for it in luke eleven fifteen 15 through 13 jesus tells a really cool story it's where the disciples ask him how are we to pray and then he goes on to say the lord's prayer but then right after he tells this story and it's um think it's up there, but it says, suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow food. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and he has nothing to eat, so you're asking him. And in the story, the guy um, calls out from his bedroom, and he says, we're in bed for the night. The door's locked for the night. No, just, he just says no. He shuts it down, right? But then he says, But if the guy keeps on knocking and he keeps on asking for the same thing, I know I would, I know many of us would, but we would just give him what he wants, so he goes away, right? Like, how many would do that? Probably, because it's like, stop knocking at my door, right? But, (laughs) So that's literally what he says, but he says that we need to approach the Lord like this. We need to approach him like this and continuously ask. And I think so many times we forget that. We forget that we just need to continuously ask him because that's what, that's what Jesus teaches here. And then he goes on to say that, um, he says, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, would you give him a snake instead? If they ask for an egg, would you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So we wouldn't even do this. Sinful people like us wouldn't even give a gift that someone wasn't asking for. So how much more, he says, will the Holy Spirit give to those who ask him? So we have to believe, we have to agree with each other, and we have to intercede for miracles. I remember um, telling my husband at the time that night that we got that FaceTime call or he was my boyfriend at the time. He's my husband now. So he, um, I was on the phone with him because obviously we couldn't see each other because I had COVID. But I I told him, I said, I think he's going to get through this. I know he's going to get through it. And like I said, God gave me a faith that I've never experienced before through that, through my desperation. And he was just like, okay. Like, and later he kind of told me, he was like, I didn't really think so. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Because like, no one thought, Um, or from the outside, it didn't look like, things didn't look good. And then I remember telling him again, it was on the Saturday before he came out of the hospital. I was like, I think he's gonna come out on Monday. I believe he's gonna come out on Monday. And for some reason, I just, the Holy Spirit dropped that into my spirit, and I just kept praying for Monday, Monday. I just, it was for some reason, I didn't, I don't know why, um, but I was outside on Monday, and I was on the porch, My boyfriend was down the stairs because we were far apart. He came to see me anyways. Um, But my mom burst through the door and said, we're going to go pick dad up right now. And I just remember. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember not being surprised. I knew he was gonna do it that day. I didn't know what time, but he did, he did. We are to believe for miracles, and in my journey with believing for miracles, I'm still on it, I still doubt, we all do. I remember just a couple weeks ago, I was praying for somebody for healing on the altar, (laughs) and it was for a knee, and I said, I prayed for the knee, prayed for healing, and then after I prayed, I said, well, does it feel any better? And she said, crying, yeah, it does. And I was like, really? (laughs) But he still works miracles today. We are to believe, agree with each other, and intercede. How cool would it be that if not just the church leaders at church pray for miracles and pray for healings, but all of us did. What could that be? And I just want to encourage you guys, just for the little bit of time I have, that to pray for miracles, to believe for them, because God can do it.
0: Yeah. Love you. Wow. Thank the Lord. You know, I'm just thankful. Thankful to be standing here today. And the journey that the Lord took us all on was a journey of learning, of faith. But God works miracles. I'm reminded from time to time how blessed. I am, and uh, of course, on the backside of that experience, was able to be at Grace's wedding and to give her away to a wonderful man of God named Ben, and then last week, I was at my son's wedding, who he is now a husband who has a wife, stand, stand, this is what you have to do as a pastor's kid, stand up, show everybody your wife. <laughs> Congratulations. And it and it dawned on me again because he he said something about it that he's just thankful that I was able to be alive and be able to be there. It's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Amen. 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 She said that I was the greatest pastor that she's ever known. If you didn't hear... I'll take it where I can get it. No, No, she said she found us while I was in the hospital. Thank you, guys. And we're we're excited you're here, Terry. (laughs) God is good. Let's shift gears a little bit here because, you know, the, the reality is that there's healing also through medicine. And there are some outlying Pentecostal circles that have a belief that we are not to participate or to go to the doctor. And I I don't think that's biblical at all. There is healing through medicine. When you look at some of the heroes of the faith in the book of Acts and you look at the followers of Jesus in the early church, Colossians 4.14 tells us this about a man named Luke. Luke being the author of the gospel of Luke and the author of the book of Acts. Acts. It says, Luke, the beloved doctor sends his greetings and so does Demas. Luke was a physician. So how could we even begin to say that medicine at its core is not something we're supposed to participate in if an author of two books of the Bible was a doctor? I think of Leviticus. The Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, I think of the many, many rules, regulations, and instructions that were given to the people of God. Laws given to Moses by God himself. Remarkable rules that pertain to public health. There are concerns that we could even live by today. Water, food contamination infectious diseases, and health education, all in the Mosaic laws regarding health. As a matter of fact, in Proverbs chapter 3, we read, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. The commands of the Lord bring us health, let us not overlook that simple truth. In Exodus chapter 15, something is said there as God says to the children of Israel that if you follow my laws, if you keep my vows, if you pay attention, it says, to my commands and keep all of his decrees, it says, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians for I am the Lord who heals you. Now listen, Archaeologists have discovered as they dig up Egyptian mummy after mummy after mummy that they find evidence of all types of medical issues. Everything from cancer to blood disease to bacterial infections, arthritis, bladder stones, and even smallpox. They've been able to find evidence of this as they've taken autopsies on Egyptian mummies. The Scriptures lay out instructions regarding health and maintenance, recovery from illness, and the appropriate quarantine periods and the like. 3 John chapter 1, verse 2 says, I pray that you may enjoy good health, that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. You see, God cares about our health. How else would we be able to justify the scripture that says our very body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And some of our temples are all jacked up. Right? Now before you think, is he telling me to go out and run a half marathon? First of all, if you're running a half marathon, you might as well go all the way. Who does a half of anything? Sorry. I ran a half marathon. Okay. If you're running a half marathon, trust me, you're in way better shape than me. So, But why don't you just do the whole thing? Okay. I don't know how I got off on that. God's given us clear instructions that if we will just pay attention to the Spirit of the Lord, we may benefit physically as well as spiritually. Amen. And let me remind you that the scriptures make it clear that all good comes from God, and I think good doctors come from God. I think good medicinal medicinal practices come from God. James 1.17 reminds us that whatever is good and perfect comes from God, the Father. Psalm 16.2, every good thing that we have comes from Him. Now here's here's the important thing from me to you. I don't know if you've had the same experience that I've had over the past few years, but anytime somebody gets on the TV or I see something that they tell me, do this, do that, I kind of I take a step back and say, wait a second, let me have some discernment here. Did you know that we're supposed to be people of discernment, led by the Spirit, not by the government? Come on. Now, before you think I'm gonna hoop and holler and throw things up here, that ain't me. But I'm telling you, people of the spirit should be discerning of spirits. We should be paying attention. We should be digging in and and learning and educating ourselves. We should have medical personnel that we trust. Can I just put it out there? The scripture tells us what is the source of, of all evil? It's the love of money is the root of evil. And any time medical professionals start to go on this money side of things, the root begins to take hold, and it becomes evil at its core. Secondly, I want to encourage you that um, one other illustration, practically speaking, is the Apostle Paul. As he writes to his spiritual son, Timothy, 1 Timothy 5.23 says, Don't drink only water. You ought to drink a little wine for the sake of your stomach because you are sick so often. Now, before you hit the bar tonight, (laughs) for the sake of my stomach, (laughs) come on, come on. Can we have common sense? The scripture's pretty clear on this one. Do not be drunk with wine, but to be drunk with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what it says. It It also says, do not fall to strong drink, because that's gonna lead to Destruction. So can we just be honest? Paul is not telling Timothy, go get lit. (laughs) No matter how you want to read it, it's not what it says. My mother, my mother had a bottle of blackberry wine in the house. She had the same, she has the same bottle today. It's gone about that much. And she, she reminded me after the first service, hey, when you were little, I just gave you a little bit. to help your stomach. It was sour, and that was it. Church, I'm telling you, there are medicinal qualities to that, and Paul is saying this, but the point is this. Paul's saying, if your stomach hurts, take something. Somewhere along the line, if I could have a little bit of conjecture here, Timothy thought that he was only supposed to drink water no matter how much his stomach hurt. And Paul's saying, Stop being stupid. That wine will help your stomach. Take a little bit of it. Can we approach our bodies with common sense and not stupidity? Healing through medicine. You see, I was also the third thing we're gonna look at is healing through maturity. We've got to acknowledge a couple things. First of all, God is sovereign. Anything that happens on His watch is because He's allowed it to happen. Now, that's frustrating for the follower of Jesus sometimes because bad things happen to good people and God allowed it. And we wanna go, What's the matter with you? We wanna be angry. I went through my own journey. When I was in COVID, at the beginning, I said, Lord, I prayed the book of Psalms that no disease would befall me and my house would be protected. I prayed, I prayed it, what's the matter with you? And as God brought me along that path, he brought me to another Psalms that said, while you were on your deathbed, I reached down and saved your life. You see, there's something about being saved from your deathbed that sticks with you a little bit more than just being saved from falling off a bicycle. I can can tell you with great confidence that it is God and God alone who saved me. And he used medicine to do it, but he is the Savior. Amen. Amen. So, So So go here with me if you can. Job chapter 36. We have this passage. We have this book called Job where a man goes through incredible suffering. We understand through the Scriptures that he was Righteous. But everybody that comes and talks to him from his friends to even his wife are asking him, what did you do? What sin did you fall into? Did you say something about God that you shouldn't have said? His wife, his wife. Hey, Job, just curse God and die already. Thank you, honey, for the insight, but I don't think I will. (laughs) He goes through this terrible suffering And in the middle of all this, he does complain. He does bring his case to God. God, why me? He does go through all that. But what I want you to see is there's healing that comes through maturity because maybe God is teaching. Are you learning? If God is teaching, we have to be ready to be in a position to learn. In Job chapter 36, if you'd like to do this practice with me, I encourage you to do so. If you don't, you'll be bored. I just want you to close your eyes. I'm going to read from the book of Job to remind us all who God is. And what I think is going to happen right now is that maybe you've been suffering and you don't know why. And maybe God wants to remind you that he has got it. Job chapter 36. Listen as I read. Verse 22, look, God is all powerful. Who is a teacher like him? No one can tell him what to do or say to him, you have done wrong. Instead, glorify his mighty works, singing songs of praise. Everyone has seen these things, though only from a distance. Look, God is greater than we can understand. His years cannot be counted. He draws up the water vapor and then distills it into rain. The rain pours down from the clouds and everyone benefits. Who can understand the spreading of the clouds and the thunder that rolls forth from heaven? See how he spreads lightning around him and how it lights up the depths of the sea. By these mighty acts, he nourishes the people, giving them food in abundance. He fills his hands with lightning bolts And hurls at each at his target. The thunder announces his presence. A storm announces his indignant anger. My heart pounds as I think of this. It trembles within me. Listen carefully to the thunder of God's voice as it rolls from his mouth. It rolls across the heavens and his lightning flashes in every direction. Then comes the roaring of thunder. The tremendous voice of his majesty. He does not restrain it when he speaks. God's voice is glorious in the thunder. We can't even imagine the greatness of his power. He directs the snow to fall on the earth and tells the rain to pour down. Then everyone stops working so they can watch his power. The wild animals take cover and stay inside their dens. The stormy wind comes from its chamber and the driving winds bring the cold. God's breath. Sends the ice, freezing wide expanses of water. He loads the clouds with moisture, and they flash with his lightning. The clouds churn about in his, at his direction. They do whatever he commands throughout the earth. He makes these things happen to either punish people or to show his unfailing love. Pay attention to this. Stop and consider the wonderful miracles of God. God. Do you know how God controls the storm and causes the lightning to flash from his clouds? Do you understand how he moves the clouds with wonderful perfection and skill? When you are sweltering in your clothes and the south wind dies down and everything is still, he makes the skies reflect the heat like a bronze mirror. Can you do that? So test, so teach the rest of us what to say to God. We are too ignorant to make our own arguments. Should God be notified that I want to speak? Or can eat? Can people even speak when they are confused? We cannot look at the sun, for it shines brightly in the sky when the wind clears away the clouds. So also golden splendor comes from the mountain of God. He is clothed in dazzling splendor. We cannot imagine the power of the Almighty. But even though he is just and righteous, he does not destroy us. No wonder people everywhere fear him. All who are wise show him reverence. God is teaching. You can open your eyes. Are you learning? me that passage of scripture and it continues to go on saying great and mighty things that God does to me if anything I can walk away today knowing the truth that God is not just in control but he is powerful enough to meet me where I am and who am I to question him the second thing healing through maturity might bring is God is strengthening are you leaning on him Philippians 4.13, I can do everything through Christ. He gives me strength. Hebrews 13, don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we could say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? 2 Corinthians 12.9, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Church, we're gonna go into a time of prayer. Eric is coming to lead us in a song and I'd like to invite you to receive from the Lord. We're going to have the prayer team, and Pastor Paul is going to be available for our Nepali congregation. Our Espanol congregation is invited to join with us in prayer, but I want to also not forget Pastor Joaquin. As even God worked a miracle in his life, as it wasn't that long ago that he was brought to the hospital with 110 fever, and they looked at him in wonder because he was still there mentally. God saved him. He's home resting as this blood infection is working its way through its body. The antibiotics are taking the course, but God is still the healer today, amen? So we're gonna continue to pray for him. We need him ready for what's next. And as we go into prayer, here's what's gonna happen. For the sake of time and for the sake of you being able to have your needs prayed over, We're all going to stand and worship and then if you have a need just make your way to an aisle If you're close to the front, you can come to the front i'm going to come down We've got prayer warriors and prayer team members and also we have staff that are available and ready And here's what the scripture says in james chapter 5 Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray Are any of you happy you should sing praises Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. Today, we're calling the elders. We're gonna pray over the needs. So if you have a need, get your miracle. Get into the aisle as we go into this song. Would you stand and worship? Move into the aisle if you want someone to pray for you. hold my Hallelujah. Just move into that aisle or come forward. Either way.
2: with us in the room, nothing.
0: touch the whole person physically we believe in miracles but there is a My God. another pandemic that took over during the pandemic depression and anxiety is unlike it's ever been in our society today and I want to pray if you've got that need if you hey, listen humble yourself don't stand there proud like you ain't never suffered nothing When we pray, you're gonna acknowledge that you need a touch from the Lord. And here's the God that I serve. He promised us that we could have the mind of Christ. He promised us that his joy is our strength and joy is not tied to circumstance. So right now, if you're in this house and you need a touch from the Lord upon that mind, slip that hand up right now, put it up real high. Real high, real high, come on. All over the room. Jesus got that hand up, put that other hand up as an act of surrender, that your mind is bought with a price, and that the cross is powerful enough to bring healing right now. Repeat this after me. Say, dear Jesus, I need your joy. I need my mind restored. Listen, if you're in here and you're struggling with this, you just prayed a little meager prayer And I want you to pray again like you're praying to the God of heaven and earth that can intervene in this moment that when you walk out of here, you have a a mind that has been renewed. So pray with me. Say, Jesus, you're the only one that can heal my mind, can take away my sadness, can return, my mourning. Give me joy. give me joy Joy. give me joy joy. I will no no longer walk in this place And Lord God, I ask you right now by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would touch the minds of every person that is reaching their hands to you. Lord, right now as we surrender unto you, God, may there not be a spirit of depression and anxiety any longer. In Jesus' name, I speak life and joy over the minds of these people. May we be people of joy, unceasing, and full of glory. Right now, God, I pray from the front of the mind to the back of the head that even now they're sensing you wash over them. I pray for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there can be no other spirit take notice that they have got to go, that they have got to go that the oppression that has followed these people around it has got to be released and move on oh in god. Jesus name cast it cast it away Jesus. oh god cast it away oh god cast it away oh god yes, Jesus. in Jesus name
2: you are the healer come on sing it like you've been healed sing it like you've been healed oh I believe you're my healer God Hallelujah I believe Joy of the Lord Joy of the Lord Hallelujah right now in this house Right in this house God and I Joy of the Lord you're more
0: Many of us are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Oh God, by your power, by your grace, we're submitting to you and saying, teach us, let us learn. And God, please, please set the captive free today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Even now. Even now. Somebody in here, your mind has already gone to that circumstance. And I'm telling you, don't do it. Don't do it. Allow God to have it. Allow God to have it. You can't do nothing about it anyway. Mm, but God can. Oh, He can. And He will. Hmm. Can I tell you, don't, don't forget the main message of today is this is just a temporary thing. The cross, while it gives us great benefit in this life, the cross bought our eternity. That's what this is about. But can I tell you, you can start walking in God's goodness today. Today. And no matter what circumstances are around you, there can be a smile on your face and hope in your heart. You can walk around like you have been ordained by an almighty God to change somebody else's life. Which brings me to the second thing, church. Can we be a church that now goes and brings healing to the people that we encounter? If you've experienced God, I wonder what? I wonder what would happen if your experience spread to somebody else. I wonder if you said, Jesus touched my mind on Sunday, and he can touch yours too. I wonder what would happen if God has taught me something in my own life, and now he can teach you too. I wonder what would happen if we could testify about the goodness of the Lord, and not be worried about who we're offending in Jesus' name. I wonder... What would happen if we would really walk with the authority that we have in Jesus? Man, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Your neighborhood, your community, your workplace, your school, it would be different tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus. Church, let's be an army for the Lord. Stop hiding in the corner. Worried about what people might think. Let them think, let them say. We got eternity on the line. You've heard me say it before. Let's go offend people into heaven instead of not offending them straight to hell, right? Y'all, I'm looking around. Something within me is getting excited about what y'all are about to do. Yeah. My God. You see what I see? Yes. <laughs> My God.
2: Glory to God. Come on. My God.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Stand up. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I've only seen an angel once in my life before. It was hovering over a building at a campground. And I had, when I saw it, kind of a sense of dread, frankly. It was like, ooh. But then the the Holy Spirit said to me, Fear not, which is what happens, you know. I'm telling you, when I saw I saw my God hovering over every head. There's an army in this house. Man. If we can walk in that. If we can walk in that. Mm. Can you just Can you just open your hands like you're going to receive a gift? Lord, you've brought us way outside of the normal today. And for that, I thank you. You've brought us way outside of the natural course of events in a service and taken us into a supernatural. For that, I thank you. For the people in here today, pour out your blessing. Pour out your spirit. Pour out your power, please. We need it. We need it for what we're going to face and what we're called to do. Thank you. Thank you. I feel it, and I'm thankful for it. (laughs) Hallelujah. And Lord, may no weapon that is formed have any hope of standing against us. May we walk in your authority and in confidence, knowing that signs and wonders make room for the gospel. That miracles precede your message. Use us in miraculous fashion. May the stories of healing of the future days be so much greater than the stories of healing over the latter days, over the former days. May we be a church and a people that preaches a gospel with power. Before you, God, I submit mighty warriors, dressed for battle, ready to be called to fight. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God praise with me, amen.